right, let's do this. Get set. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski on AM 800 CKLW, the information station. Running Flat Radio is a paid program on AM 800. That day, for no particular reason, I decided to go for a little run. So I ran to the end of the road. Wow, haven't heard that in a while. I got there. And I ran and I ran and I ran. Chris Yuzinski here from, from Running Flat Radio. Welcome to uh, a really kind of a late edition. You know, thanks. I've been off for, for a number of months. Uh, thanks for all the well-wishers and, and the surgery. Hopefully went really well and, and we're... We're, we're, we're mending and, and doing well and back to running, as a matter of fact, last couple of weeks. So we decided that we would come back and, and do a radio show. We'd start the radio show back up. We're mid-season, uh, believe it or not, at Running Flat. Uh, we had uh, Le Chocolat in early May, uh, a couple thousand runners here in the city of Windsor, including the 10K National Age Group Championships were also there. I do want to talk about that, but not on today's show. Uh, in future shows, I think we're going to talk about uh, what we're doing with Athletics Canada, uh, what we're doing with the City of Windsor and the Half Marathon and, and the 10K and the 5K on the waterfront. That's another show uh, completely separate from this one. Uh, this week's show is, is uh, the reason really I came back was to talk to Catherine Schweitzer, who's our featured guest today. I mean, she's literally, uh, most people have called her the Rosa Parks of the athletics movement in the United States. It was her defiance in running the the Boston Marathon in 1967 that really changed the tides in Title IX, which did not allow women to compete uh, in amateur sports or professional sports uh, for a lot of reasons. And we're going to get into that. We're going we're to kind of deep dive the whole issue of Title IX in the United States, and then we're actually going to kind of elevate that to today where we're talking about why in Canada we have so many more women competitors than in the United States. The United States is just getting to that 50-50% mark in organized runs where there's women and men at, at a 50-51 level. In Canada, for the last number of years, you know, like I can tell you in my races, we're approaching two-thirds uh, on, on a general basis. So we're going to get into that with Catherine, and she's also going to be doing a couple of guest appearances locally in the Ann Arbor area, and we're going to talk about that as well. But what an exciting uh, guest she's going to be so so stay tuned and and if you're if you're on your on your treadmill or if you're on your bike or if you're you know going for a run or working out uh stay tuned you're, you're gonna find her fascinating um a couple other things that i do want to talk to you guys about uh peely island winery half marathon <laughs> yeah for those who who are competitors in in that event there's only 350 people that are allowed to actually run that event every year for for a lot of reasons mostly because the island uh, doesn't sustain more than than 800 or 900 people, which is actually the number that comes to the island to do the race. Uh, family members, loved ones. And uh, it was basically all Ella Ben breakfasts are sold out. Everything's sold out. And we have 350 runners is kind of what it works out to. They went around the island like they have for the last three years, but this time it was a monsoon. And when I mean monsoon, we're talking 50-mile-an-hour sustained winds. We're talking uh 43 44 45 degree temperatures you know the day before was 85 and sunny uh temperatures dropped dramatically and three and a half inches of rain fell during that race it was monumental epic biblical whatever you want to call it it was it was an incredible race and uh i want to do a call-in show next week with runners from that race and kind of talk about the highlights of the race what got them through that race? Why they even started that race to begin with, knowing those conditions were horrible in the starting uh, shoot. Uh, I mean, they could have all just said, you know what, forget it. I'm going to go grab a coffee and I'll see you at the after party with a glass of wine and, and, you know, we're off. But they didn't. They jumped in that race. They ran all the way around that island and, uh, and they completed it. So yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation to talk to different folks from around the world on that. So next week, that is what we're going to do. Uh, a couple other things that I do want to talk to you guys about are some of the races that we have coming up. Uh, Canada Day, which is our, our next race, is uh, really a large race for us on a, on a Wednesday morning. You know, almost a thousand runners out in out in Amherstburg, Ontario, right at the, right at the foot where the fort is, and, and the fort was like the epicenter of the War of eighteen twelve. So it's this historic fort that uh, that is open. 
wonderful place to tour. Uh, we usually use a, a cannon to start the race, uh, you know, with, with some of the red coats floating around the, the course. And what's really cool about this, this race, the Canada Day race, is that you get to choose who goes on the medal as, as a registrant every year. So, you know, if you registered for the event last year, you, you put a name forward for this year. Those three names were, were Colonel Chris Hatfield, uh, Don Cherry, and Wayne Gretzky. They were the three top vote-getters from last year's race that moved forward to this year, and you vote for the top three for this year's medal, and then suggest who you wanted for next year's medal. So whether it was Clara Hughes, Laura Secord, any other great female Canadian would be wonderful. Uh, you know, Rush was also in there, by the way. A lot, there was a lot of Rush votes uh, this year. But uh, we announced a couple weeks ago while, while I was off that uh, Colonel Chris Hadfield was the great Canadian chosen for this year. And if you want, go to our Facebook page for Canada Day Race, the apostrophe E-H, run race. The, uh, the medal is up there. You can see it. It's, it's a fantastic medal. Uh, there's, a, there's an ode to, uh, you know, his David Bowie uh, cover that he did as well. Uh, where we have on the lanyard ground control and uh, the back artwork of the lanyard is a is a is a is a is an astronaut floating in space with an acoustic guitar. It's really cool, uh, awesome metal. So big Canadian maple leaf with uh, with the bust of of Chris Hadfield on it uh, in his uh, astronaut outfit, his official NASA picture, and uh, that race is is almost sold out. The kids event for that race is sold out. The kids event is very very popular for that event. Uh, it is on Wednesday morning. People always say, well, when's Canada Day? Like, do you do it on the Saturday? Do it on the Sunday? No, no. It's actually on July 1st. It's always on July 1st. So uh, mark in your calendar. Uh, there's only, I don't know, maybe like 100 spots left in that race. Not not a lot. So, And it does sell out every year. So if you're interested in doing it, if you want a really cool race, cool shirt with, a, uh, with old Canada written on the back, it's all about being red and white that day. Uh, it's a fabulous family event. And then you can stick around in Amherstburg for the rest of the day for, you know, the ice cream festival, the fireworks, everything else that happens. And it's a very uh, patriotic little town on the Detroit River uh, right across from Gros Seal for our American listeners. And, you know, if you are American, don't be afraid to come to this race. I'll tell you, uh, the first two registrants this year were from Texas. So we have lots of people from Ohio and Michigan that come up and, and just want to be a part of this just because it's so unique. Uh, and so that's July 1st. On July 4th, we actually have another race called Rock Me Anaphylaxis. And what's really interesting about that race is uh, all the proceeds go to the Windsor Allergy and Asthma Education Center. So this entire race is really all about uh, anaphylaxis education and, you know, being so many kids uh, suffer from, from different and various allergies. And what we're trying to do is just kind of raise awareness. And really, it's, it's just a big rock fest. Uh, we have a couple acts on the course. And then when you come back, you know, last year we had Kiss Destroyer. Uh, this year we have the Funk Junkies. So we're, we're kind of keeping with the 70s theme, but this time uh, with the Funk Junkies on the main stage, uh, they'll put on a great concert for everybody. And then you actually use uh, tokens and go get allergy-free food from the Fork and Cork, which this is all a part of the Fork and Cork uh, Food Festival on the waterfront. And that's July 4th. For these and the other races, all that information is available for you on runningflat.com. Uh, and just before we, we go to break and, and pick up our, our main uh, interview for today, uh, the Color Run is coming back to Windsor July 18th. It's the Shine Tour. You know, it's always an incredible experience at the Color Run. It's always larger than life. It's always a fantastic experience, especially if you have family members who've never been in a run or, or friends who who've maybe they just kind of need that, that nudge to be a part of a run to really understand, to get it, and why we run. Uh, the Color Run is that perfect uh, way to get somebody introduced into the sport. You can walk the whole thing. You have a lot of fun. You get really messy and you get a medal this year. There is a color run medal and there's also a, a fabulous color run shirt. And, uh, that's July 18th. And for more information about that, you can go to runningflat.com and then that'll take you over to the Color Run Windsor uh, registration site. Uh, you are listening to Running Flat Radio back on AM800 CKLW. We'll be right back after these messages.
pizzas, Capri pizzas, still the best. The freshest ingredients, the classic Capri shaved pepperoni. Make tonight Capri Pizza Night. Chris Levens from Audi Chatham. On June 11th, the 72-hour Race into Audi sales event will commence. And on June 13th, it will be over. So this means there is no time to spin your wheels. For three days only, hurry in for an event credit up to $5,500 on in-stock models. Whether it's the Q-Series SUVs or the A-Series sedans, don't miss this opportunity. For full details, visit the Audi professionals at ChathamAudi.com. From the AM800 Weather Center, here is your latest forecast. Partly cloudy skies with a 30% chance of showers this evening with a low 16. Tomorrow, mainly sunny in the morning, clouding over in the afternoon with a 60% chance of showers and a risk of a thunderstorm and a high 27. Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high 27. Friday, cloudy skies with a 60% chance of showers and a high 24. Once again for tonight, partly cloudy skies with a 30% chance of showers and a low 16. Are you looking for a wireless plan that gives you more of what you love and for less than you expected? Well, when you bring your phone into Rogers today, you'll save $20 a month on a Share Everything plan, which includes a Seasons Pass subscription to Rogers NHL Game Center Live. Access to Rome Lake Home starting from $5 a day and bonus Rogers First Rewards points. That's a total value of up to $560. Visit your local Rogers store today and start getting more. Automax Pre-Owned Supercenter is your new car alternative. With over 150 low-kilometer late-model vehicles, no money down, same-day delivery, and everyone gets financed. Shop the entire inventory and apply for financing hassle-free at AutoMAXXWindsor.com. Running Flat Radio on AM800. Get more. Info on local races and registration at runningflat.com. And welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio. Chris Yusinski here from uh, from Running Flat. For information about this show and the downloads and even going to our iTunes, uh, all that's at runningflat.com. I'm so excited to be back on the air to bring to, and to be here today with with a really special guest. I mean, one of the uh, uh, one of the greats and, and iconic athletes in running anywhere today. You know, if you're if you're a runner who's in his 40s or 50s or even your 30s, uh, you're going to know the name Catherine Schweitzer, uh, the first woman to officially enter and run the Boston Marathon. Uh, she's been honored widely uh, for achievements and most recently inducted in the USA National Women's Hall of Fame. And uh, really for creating positive change, not just here in the United States or Canada, but around the world. Welcome to Running Flat Radio, Catherine. Hi, Chris. Wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, you know, I'm just so excited to have you because, you know, I, I can ask you, tell me why you decided to even start running the Boston Marathon back in 67. Well, you know, everybody asks that question, and it wasn't to prove anything. It was because my coach um, didn't believe a woman could run a marathon. You know, I had uh, realized with him that we could, the longer I went, the better I got. I wasn't fast or, or strong like the guys on the cross-country team. But when it got to 10 miles, these guys always dumped out and, and went, in, went home. And, and the longer it got, the better I got. So my coach, you know, and I discussed it, and I said I really wanted to run the Boston Marathon one time because he had run it 15 times. And uh, he said, no, 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 no woman can do it. So he said, but if I showed him in practice, he, he would take me. So that was it. Wow. And, and you know, there, there's an iconic set of pictures that are out there of, of you on the course, and the the race director trying to grab you off of the course and pull you pull you off of the course for you to stop running the race and and, and those pictures were, were taken from a media truck that that he was in when he saw you he they stopped the media truck to pull out those pictures were around the world within a matter of hours and days i mean i mean what's the lasting impact of those images and, and what what happened within the following days of those images being out there well, it's really amazing, Chris. You know, the uh, crusty race director, a guy by the name of Jock Semple, <laughs> jumped off the press bus um, and, and attacked me in the race. He was furious a woman had entered his race. Um, I had entered the race using my initials, and so he felt he had been tricked. And, of course, that is the way I signed my name. It was a, it was a, it was a series of circumstances you couldn't possibly repeat. Anyway, um, what happened is, is that he lost his temper. He went after me, and he grabbed me, and he attacked me and tried to see was screaming at me get the hell out of my race and give me those numbers and trying to rip off my bib numbers and um 
and my boy, uh, my 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 coach was 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 with me, of course, and he was yelling, "Leave her alone! Leave her alone! She's okay. I've trained her." And my boyfriend was also running with me, and my boyfriend didn't think twice and decked him, and um, sent him flying out of the race, sent the sent the official out of the race, and of course this all happened in front of the press truck. And what happened is is those pictures, like you said, by that night, by that afternoon, before I finished the race, you know, were were in the newspapers. And um, and they have gone on, though, to become one of the, I would say, one of the most galvanizing photos of the women's rights movement. And it, it, I often joke all these years later that that old official did more for the women's running movement than just about anybody else <laughs> in spite of himself. <laughs> I think you're right. Now, now. We broadcast in Canada. We have lots of listeners in the United States uh, who, who download us or even listen on AM800. And it's really important for us to kind of cover off Title IX. We never had a Title IX or a version of Title IX in Canada. And could, could you just kind of give us the, the broad strokes and explain the regulations of why women couldn't compete in amateur sports or professional okay. sports? Well, t- um, this had nothing to do with Title IX, but, but Title IX had many ramifications from the incident. So let me tell you kind of two things. First of all, the jurisdiction of running in the Boston Marathon in the United States was by our athletic association. In that time, it was called the Amateur Athletic Union, the AAU. Now it's called USA Track and Field, which governs the sport. And they report to the International Amateur Athletic Federation, which is now the, the, um, the, the Track and Field Association also. And then they go to the International Olympic Committee. In Canada, it's the Canadian Olympic Committee. Um, and and, and the Canadian Athletic Association. So what happened then is that I was um, in deep trouble with the Amateur Athletic Union, the AAU. And, in fact, I was um, suspended from that federation, which meant that I could no longer compete in any athletic um, event in the United States. But I could in Canada, interestingly enough, and I went up to Canada and competed all that summer after 1967, which was is a great part of the story, because that was like at the height of the Vietnam War, and a lot of American soldiers and American kids were running across the border to escape draft. But anyway, that's a whole other issue. What, what Title IX is about is it's an equality of education amendment to our Constitution. And probably Canada didn't need such a thing because pr- probably Canada has always had equal rights for women in, in an educational system. So, for instance, all federally supported um, institutions in the United States, which are most of our high schools uh, and most of our elementary schools, middle schools, and a huge number of our universities, are funded by the U.S. government, at least in some part. And so they were discriminating against women in education. So women could were having a very difficult time getting in graduate school, especially med school, especially law school. And this Equality of Education Amendment mandated that women have an equal opportunity because we were equal taxpayers and equal part of the, the, the society. And when that was passed, it also had major ramifications in sports. So that meant we also had an equal opportunity to participate in sports in high school and in, at university level. Well, that really was a big upset to the apple cart because always sports have been a male domain. Males had all of the scholarships and all of the opportunities, and women had nothing. Right. When I went to Syracuse University, you know, the scholarships all were for men's football, baseball, lacrosse, etc. And women had play days. You know, we had maybe intramurals, but but no scholarships. So in '72, that law was changed. Now. You know, see, the Canadian educational system at universities doesn't operate on that. You, you, my understanding is is that you have club sports, but you don't have paid scholarship athletes to, to perform um, for sports for, and get a university education. Maybe I'm wrong, but certainly that's not the case in Great Britain or New Zealand um, or Australia. Okay, so but, but just take us back to 1967. Why couldn't women compete in, in the marathon, or why were they not allowed to do that? Well, there was no written rule about it. That's what's interesting, is that the um, sports that were offered in track and field in, the, in our federation were um, the Olympic sports. So those are just the ones that were offered. There was nothing about gender in the marathon. 
and it was assumed that the, that the longest distance for women to run was women's cross country, which was a mile and a half. And um, I believe that was the same in Canada because cross country was very new for women at all at an international level. Um, but in 1967, I think that they had had no, had they even had one? I think they had had one in 1966, maybe 68, a World Cross Country Champion as an experiment for women. Okay, so so that was the longest distance. The longest distance in the Olympic Games on the track for women was 800 meters, and that was only um, put in in 1960. So anything longer than that was was considered, and this is why everybody got all upset about it. It was considered dangerous, you know, like you're <laughs> going to get big legs and you're going to get hair on your chest and your uterus is going to fall out. And all people believed all these myths, <laughs> and so the distances were restricted for women. I mean, even the triple jump was not allowed for women because, you know, that she might injure herself. Basketball, for instance, when you played basketball, um, we weren't allowed to have jump balls because, you know, we might injure yourself. I mean, it was just ridiculous, but these myths had been around for thousands of years, and anything arduous, women were considered too weak and too fragile. And that's when my coach and I had this argument in practice one day. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, women are too weak and too fragile for a marathon. What he really was worried about was that somehow I would injure myself, hurt myself, never have children, and it would be his fault. Um, when I protested to him and said, you know, that women throughout history were very, very good at arduous activity, particularly women pioneers, which Canada and the United States are very familiar with, women who went out west and homesteaded with the wagon trains, they walked and ran and, 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 and persevered for miles and miles and miles and, and to, to no problem. So right. there we go. Catherine, we're just going to take a break for, for the news. We're going to come right back. We want to talk to you about where, where the sport has gone from in, over the last 48 years and also talk a little bit about your foundation. We'll be right okay. back. You're listening to Running Flat Radio on AM 800 CKLW. Thank you, cottagers, for spending a third of your summer on the 401. Because you know you can't enjoy food around a campfire without a lake. Get out there and build that fire. And don't forget the bug spray. Grill Maestro, you are our inspiration. McDonald's presents the Great Canadian Taste Adventure, where every week we serve a new menu item inspired by our land. Like this week's feature, Cottage Country Chicken, seasoned Ontario-raised chicken with a smoky Muskoka sauce inspired by lakeside campfires. Try it June 3rd to 9th, only at McDonald's. At participating restaurants in Canada. It's 7.30. From the AM 800 News Center, your number one news source in Windsor, Essex, an information update with Mike McDonald. A possible arson is being investigated at an East End business. Around 11.15 yesterday morning, Windsor Fire responded to the rack and roll on Forest Glade Drive and quickly extinguished a fire there. No injuries are reported, but police say damage is estimated at between $100,000 and $150,000. Water consumption is down, and this is forcing the Windsor Utilities Commission to adjust its budgeting process. Vice President of Asset Management John Ladarski says water consumption for commercial and residential customers has dropped 30% since 2007. Ladarski says that's because people are conserving more or buying more water-efficient appliances. A local company is being recognized for its continuing support of the Alzheimer's Society of Windsor and Essex County. Centerline Windsor is being honored for the with the 2015 Generosity of Spirit Award. In the past six years, Centerline has donated over $22,000 to the local Alzheimer's Society. In sports, the Tigers host the Cubs at Comerica Park. Right now, Detroit leading 1-0 at the top of the second. Blue Jays are home to Miami. Miami leading 1-0 at the bottom of the second. Cleveland is back home on home court this evening for Game 3 of the NBA Final with Golden State. From the AM800 Weather Center, partly cloudy with a 30% chance of showers this evening at a low 16. Tomorrow, mainly sunny to start the day. Clouding over in the afternoon with a 60% chance of showers and a risk of a thunderstorm and a high 27. Right now, it's 24 Celsius or 75 Fahrenheit. I'm Mike McDonald, AM800 News. Keep fit. Keep active. Keep running. This This is Running Flat Radio on AM800. 
And welcome back to Running Flat Radio. Chris Yuzinski. you are uh, listening to AM800 CKLW and also on iTunes. Uh, our guest today is uh, Catherine Schweitzer. We were just talking about how things have changed since 1967 to today um, and how the rules of competition have changed. And what, what do you think has been the, the largest change uh, that you've seen in the last, let's say, 20 years? I mean, obviously getting women involved in sports, but then also working on heroes, I think, was also a really big change for women. You know, I, I would say a, a couple of things, Chris. Um, let's let's go back further than 20 years. Uh, the passage of Title IX, of course, was very, very important. That leveled the playing field in our educational system. Right. But for me, I think um, the biggest change that was astronomical was you know, getting women's marathon into the Olympic Games. That's that's something I, I really take great, great pride in, and I consider it my lifetime accomplishment. In 1984. Yeah, because, um, you know, I was so upset after the Boston Marathon incident that um, I went ahead and finished, but I vowed that I was going to change the situation for women in running. And I did that by going and getting major sponsorship and organizing a global series of races that eventually went to 27 countries. And I was able to um, then pull the data together from all of those countries and present it. This is a short version, okay? Mm. Present it to the International Olympic Committee um, and, and show that we had the data statistics, the international representation, and the medical evidence to prove that women deserve to have a marathon in the Olympic Games. And that was passed in 81 for the 84 Games. Um, when people saw that event on television, to say nothing of the 90,000 people in the stadium, but right. the 2.2 billion people watching television, it changed their attitudes completely. Because everybody knows that 26.2 miles or 42.2 kilometers is a long way. <laughs> and here were women running it. And so that, that changed a huge number of attitudes. Uh, opened up um, women's running for everybody and now what's happened is this the i would say the third thing here is the women's empowerment revolution because there are millions and millions of women running there are more women runners now in canada and the united states than men 58 percent and that is happening in my that has happened in my lifetime and these women are running not to be in the olympics but because it makes them feel great and the sense of empowerment and self-esteem that comes to all of us from running is phenomenal but for women who most of whom have really missed out on that that sense of empowerment that 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 boys have grown up into men playing sports have felt now are getting it from from running and you know maybe slowly maybe you know six or seven hour marathon but but uh, getting out there and doing it and they're realizing that they they're never going to be fast and, and and strong like guys which is fine because we're different but they can go forever and um, and that gives them a huge sense of accomplishment so 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 that is the next biggest change is is that and that and that is changing the world and fact right. because it, because these women are changing whole societies with their sense of empowerment correct and and you know as a member of running usa i, I see the, the surveys that come out every year and, and i've gone through them where we're in the united states are just approaching or just cresting the 50 percent mark but here in canada we, we've had that we've had a much more mature market i felt uh with women runners and i know even just as a race director for our, our own events that we put on uh we're two-thirds women yeah. Um, you know, we do, it's kind of skewed because we do a chocolate run that has wine and firemen and everything else. And, and it, you know, it's, it's open to both, both genders, but it's mostly women that sign up for that. But the reality is we have way more women runners, uh, in, in Canada than we do it, it than, than we've seen in the United States. And, and, you know, over the last number of years of being in running USA, we've always heard this debate that, you know, why, and, and is it because there's heroes you know, was it because of 84 that they actually saw a woman on television running the marathon and aspired to be that because they finally got the opportunity to see that? It could be that. That's, that's huge. I would think that's that. But I think more it's their heroes who they go out and they see in the morning you see more mm. women out running. You see people going by your house, etc. Right. And you look out your window and you say, man, if she can do that, I can do that. And the women who are, let's say, really big, you know, who you would never imagine would go out in public and run 10 years ago, they don't care. It makes them feel so good. They're looking sassy. They're in, 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 in wacky, wonderful clothes. Yep. They're having a ball. And they're not intimidated by their bodies anymore. They feel beautiful inside, and so they're strutting their stuff. And, I, and these women are getting together. They're, they're, they're running in groups. They're having getaway weekends. Um, or they're just getting together at 5 in the morning on Saturday before the kids are up. Um, they run together. They get a coffee together. And it's the best day of the week for them. 
And it's interesting that many, many women who started their running groups like this, even 20, 30 years ago, are still together. They're the best of friends. I often joke, Chris, and I'm sure you agree because you're a runner and you understand this. You know, if you have a running buddy, you're never going to need a psychiatrist. <laughs> and, and, and we tell each other the secrets of our soul and it stays on the road, you know? And, um, and it's, you know, it's, 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 you, you feel like you've got somebody you can call at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's really, it's really great. And, and running um, has changed their lives. And, we, and people, women especially, and I think this is it, they feel empowered that they can do something big and powerful themselves. Yeah. They can run a half marathon, they can run a marathon, they can run an ultra marathon. And that's something that most of the world can't do. They feel special. And that translates into everything they do, their job, their family, their kids. Uh, it's really amazing. A hundred percent. And the reason for, for doing a radio show, by the way, for being a for being an organization that puts on races is because we really wanted to kind of have great guests on and have wonderful conversations for non runners to understand uh, the beauty of this sport and and to also bring down the anxiety levels of you know getting involved in your first 5k or, or, or whatever that first race is that you get into and uh, we, we find that we always talk to folks about the social aspects of, a, of, a, of being a runner even though it's such a solitary sport in the core of what we do and and but it really is incredible because you're right the folks that i've run with in the last 10 years uh will all and and the folks who i've done ultras with will always be my best friends uh for as long as i live because of the stuff that we've went through um it, it really is a, a life-changing experience uh for 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 everyone it absolutely is and you know what for the person who's listening who is not running because they're somehow intimidated by it, you know, they hear some really very, very logical points. Okay, first of all, running is not like swimming you know, the English Channel. You're not going to drown. You can stop and walk. And for people who say that, you know, oh, my God, I can't possibly do a 5K. Well, we know we can walk a mile in 20 minutes. Any, and I mean, anybody can really walk a mile in 20 minutes. And they say, oh, I couldn't possibly do 3.1 miles. Well, that, that would take you an hour. And I say, I've seen you shop. Come on, I know you can walk. I know you can walk this. Uh, and they say, well, I can't run. And I say, well, well, don't, don't, don't run. Just shuffle, you know. Um, so, so that is. They, these are all things that get them through. And and um, and and it changes their lives. And and you know what? It's we all remember what it was like to run the first mile, and then win the first five k. And then they say, well, if I can run five k, I can run ten k. And then I can run ten k. I can run a half marathon. And so it goes. Yeah. And so it goes. So let's talk about. 261, the foundation, and, and the amazing work you're doing. You know, I got to tell you, this is really extraordinary. Um, you know, I've I've watched and helped make women's running happen in a big way. I know that. I mean, many other people also. But you know, it's it, it's been an amazing journey. But who would have ever imagined in in my 60s, all of a sudden, my old bib number 261, that the crusty official was trying to rip off of me <laughs> in the Boston Marathon, suddenly becomes this magic number, and um, it, suddenly I was getting emails and photographs from people who were wearing, you know, 15,920 in the New York City Marathon, but on their back they were wearing 261, or they were inking it on their arms, or, wait for it, getting a tattoo, wow. because they said it made them feel fearless. And I got to thinking about it, and suddenly I realized, you know what, everybody in the world relates to a story about being told you're not good enough, you're not welcome, mm. they're trying to push you away, you know, you're too fat, you're too slow, you're too old, you're a girl. You're the wrong race. You're the wrong color. You know, all these things. Every, well, we've all been told that, but we go ahead and do it anyway because running makes us feel fearless. And um, so so that number suddenly is resonating. It's also resonating because it's a universal language. A number is, is you, you don't have to, you know, whether you speak French, German, or, or Spanish, it doesn't matter. 261 is still 261 in right. every language. And they understand it. So, wow, it suddenly has become a movement. A movement, particularly among women, of empowerment. You're fearless. You're 261 fearless. And um, we are hoping, and this is what we're counting on, that women who are fearless, because they've done this anyway, women who, and men who are fearless will reach out to people who are fearful, who are intimidated, whether it's starting to run or it's changing your life in another very dramatic way, or you live in a very fearful culture, which is a big um, it's a big aspiration yeah. to perhaps 
crack the Mideast. Um, and we formed now, I'm very, very excited to announce that indeed uh, 261 Fearless has become um, a foundation. We are a nonprofit, and we are really making great progress now in doing clubs, an ambassador program, a network um, uh, of, of fearless people, but especially fearless women. So there you go. It's, it's, it's watch this space. I never thought that this would happen at the stage of my life, but it has. It's incredible. I mean, uh, uh, one action in 1967 has changed your life forever. Yeah. I mean, I thought that the ultimate was getting the women's marathon in the Olympic Games. So when that happened, I mm. said, right, who would ever have believed this moment? Because if, if, we had, if we had waited for it to happen with the IOC in, in kind of normal IOC, International Olympic Committee time, it would only be taking place now. Okay, the marathon, maybe. But the fact is, is that women themselves, through this empowerment revolution, has made it happen sooner. You know, legislation and work and organizing races have made it sooner. But, but now 261 may, in fact, eclipse that as a, as a, um, an, a major accomplishment. Hmm. Now, you're making some uh, personal appearances in the Detroit area over the next number of months. Yeah, it's, I'm excited about this. Um, first of all, I mean, I wouldn't say Des Moines, Iowa is in your area, but <laughs> I'm going to be a guest at that race on October 16, 17, 18. That's the Des Moines Marathon. And closer to home, I'm also going to, uh, maybe to you guys, I'm going to be at the Green Bay um, the Marathon, Half Marathon for Women. But in November, I'm going to be... On November 5th, I'm going to be in Grand Rapids, and on November 6th, I'm going to be in Kalamazoo, and on November 7th, I'm going to be in Ann Arbor, uh, all for girls on the run oh, right. who have, have wonderful running chapters in those uh, cities. And I'm going to do kind of barnstorm for girls on the run because they have done so much for empowering girls, just like 261 is going to be empowering women. So that is, uh, it's going to be great fun. So I hope that anybody who's around November 5th, 6th, and 7th, I'm going to be in your territory. Yeah, that sounds awesome. You know, it, it was such a pleasure meeting you, and uh, I'll, I'll make sure that uh, on, in November I'll, I'll drop by and say hi. Um, okay, or we can we can do another piece, but uh, yeah, come come and see me. Absolutely, Definitely. and uh, and we should have a conversation about bringing you to Windsor, and oh, uh, maybe yeah. get involved in one of our half marathons. That would be terrific. You are fearless. Two six one fearless. You are fearless. <laughs> Catherine Swain does that to you. Yeah, it does. Thank you very much for joining us. It was uh, it was a pleasure meeting you on the radio. Absolutely, Chris. Look forward to the next time. Wishing you all the best. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Bye bye. You're just listening to uh, Catherine Schweitzer on Running Flat Radio. It's time for Song of the Week on Running Flat Radio, and this is uh, Coin with the song Run on AM800 CKLW. And the AM800 Traveling Trailer is ready. Find Find us around Windsor-Essex every weekend and enter to win a $300 gas card from Gus Revenberg and Nissan of Windsor. Strawberry Fest returns June 11th to the 14th at Gilmore Park in LaSalle. Great rides and entertainment all weekend long. Miss LaSalle pageant, fireworks, the parade, and family day. Plus, local strawberries. Admission is just $3 per person. Free for
for those under 6 and over 65. And no parking fee. The Traveling Trailer is brought to you by St. Clair College. St. Clair College still has programs open for September. Apply today. Start here. Go anywhere. And Cypher Systems Group. Looking for a career with a great working environment, competitive salary, and continuing opportunity for growth? Visit the Cypher Systems Group booth for more info. Cypher Systems Group. Windsor Roots. Global Reach. And AM800 CKLW. And now the latest forecast from the AM800 Weather Center. Partly cloudy skies with a 30% chance of showers this evening with a low 16. Tomorrow, mainly sunny in the morning. Clouding over in the afternoon. That'll bring in a 60% chance of showers and a risk of a thunderstorm. Look for a high of 27. Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high 27. Friday, cloudy skies with a 60% chance of showers and a high 24. Once again for tonight, partly cloudy with a 30% chance of showers with an overnight low of 16. What a blowout it's been tonight, folks. Hard as just owning brain. Now with a clothesline and a pile driver. Wow! Followed by a knee drop and a scissor kick. Oh, no! Brain goes down! Now the Hyundai your heart wants has a clear-up price your brain will love, too. Own the 2015 Elantra L for just $12,995. What's this? Heart's helping brain up. He's hugging him. They're doing a happy dance. That's a win-win, folks! The Hyundai factory authorized clear-out is on now. Get up to 12 weekly payments on us. Details at HyundaiCanada.com. Dealer may sell for less. When you support Canadian dairy farmers and purchase Canadian dairy products, the benefits trickle down to local communities in unexpected ways. It's the Milkle Down Effect. Learn more at MilkleDownEffect.ca. Helping you achieve your personal best. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yazinski on AM 800. Hey, welcome back to Running Flat Radio. Chris Yuzinski from Running Flat. It's always great to talk to a legend in our sport, uh, Catherine Schweitzer. Uh, you know, we'll post it on iTunes tomorrow and uh, and share it. Share it often. It's uh, it, I thought it was a wonderful conversation. And uh, November 5th, 6th, and 7th, she'll be in the uh, Novi Ann Arbor area. Um, and I'll, I'll post that also on, on Running Flat Radio on, on Facebook, kind of details on where you can actually come up and meet her. Uh, and also uh, go to katherineswitzer.com uh, for more information about her foundation, her history, and, and what she's done for the sport. An iconic legend in our sport. Uh, going back to some Running Flat news, uh, we talked earlier about the Canada Day run, which is July 1st on the Wednesday at 9 a.m. in Amherstburg. Uh, it's selling out, uh, so you want to go on online and, and grab your your bib uh, as early as possible because I know inevitably it always sells out, and the week before, then people are emailing me saying, oh, dude, I missed it, I wish I would have got it. You know, no, no, like, it is what it is. There's always so many bibs, and there's always so many medals, and the medal this year is Chris Hatfield, our uh, our wonderful Canadian astronaut. He is, you, you chose him he as your great Canadian, your greatest Canadian, so... He's on the medal, and uh, it looks awesome. And then a couple of days after that, on July 4th, we do Rock Me Anaphylaxis at the Waterfront. That's part of the, the Fork and Cork uh, Festival. And uh, proceeds from that go right to the uh, Windsor Allergy and Asthma Education Center uh, and the great work that those folks do, uh, kind of making all, you know, educating schools and, and parents and everyone else in the community about uh, anaphylaxis. You know, we kind of we kind of make fun of the, you know, rock me anaphylaxis, uh, you know, uh, but really it's all about educating folks uh you know, about EpiPens and, and all the other stuff that uh, we can to help those folks out. So make sure you, you check out that also on runningflat.com. Uh, part of that is some tokens to the fork and cork for some allergy-free foods that the restaurant vendors uh, also make up. It's a, it's a pretty good time. And then a big live concert by the Funk Junkies uh, doing all that great funk from the, uh, the 70s and 80s. Uh, Color Run, July 18th in Windsor and that is the Shine Tour that has a medal it has a really cool shirt and it has it's a wonderful mess to be a part of you know what you want to do is is you know convince your your mothers your fathers your grandfathers uh your cousins uh to do this and do it together as a team it, it's a wonderful family event uh for more information about that go to rankflat.com hit the the uh color run uh, icon and that'll take you over to the Colorado Windsor uh, registration site. One of the events that that is new this year that we've had on the books for three years. It's been on the books, I swear to you, for three whole years. Is the Walkerville Brewery Craft Draft. Now this event, 
for a lot of reasons, it's all been permitting related. We couldn't we couldn't execute it. You know, last year they tore up all of Walkerville, so we couldn't detour traffic off of Riverside Drive on, into a construction site. So we've had all these multiple issues with permitting. So we finally got it permitted. It is August 8th, a really hot, warm August night, and it's done on purpose because nothing says beer run like a hot August night. So on August 8th at 6 p.m. out of the Walkerville Brewery, uh, we actually leave Walkerville, go across the Detroit, uh, the, the Riverside uh, Drive, and we, we run along the Detroit River. And it is just a 5K. Now you can run it or you can walk it. But really, it's all about being a massive social outing. And, and the reason I say that is because when you register, you have to register for a green bib, a yellow bib, or a red bib. So the green bib signifies that you're single and available. The red bib says that you're taken, you know, engaged, married in a relationship. And the yellow bib, well, hell, you know what that means. That just means everything's just complicated for you. And uh, and that's okay because uh, you kind of declare that when you register for your, your registration in your bib process that you want a green, a yellow, or a red bib. Um, it's, it's doing really well in registration. Uh, you know, I think we've struck a nerve because we're trying to make this into like Windsor's biggest social experiment to see exactly what happens. And, uh, and of course, when you cross the finish line, you, you get a beer from the, uh, the Walkerville brewery folks. Uh, and there's all kinds of beers on tap, uh, at the after party. The after party is actually hosted by 89X, uh, sisters, the sister station here, uh, to AM 800. And there's a big dance party afterwards uh, that goes till 10 o'clock. Invite your friends, invite your family. It's free for them to get in as well. It's just, it's all about uh, just having a great run, meeting a lot of folks, and having a lot of fun with it. So that's the Walkerville Brewery Craft Draft. And for more information about that race, you can go to uh, runningflat.com. And then, you know, there's Run for Heroes. Run for Heroes is, is, is an event that we started eight years ago as the World Alzheimer's Day uh, Run for Heroes uh, marathon is actually what it kind of became. It originally became a cross-county jaunt uh, eight years ago. Uh, it's named after my, my mother, who is my hero, because my dad had Alzheimer's for, for 21 and a half years uh, of his life, all of my adult life. And uh, what we ended up doing was we wanted to raise awareness for Alzheimer's and raise some money for the Alzheimer's Society because all the money that we raise in that event uh, stays here in Essex County and goes to local caregiver support programs because there wasn't nothing you could do for my father, uh, per se, but it's about those caregivers that are within 24 hours a day. You want to give them a break and you want to be able to, to, to give them support. And the programs that are offered in support programs are day away, in-home respite, just to give that, that caregiver, that primary caregiver, a break. And, uh, you know, to date, you know, I don't have the figure on the top of my head, but it's around, I don't know, $180,000 that we've raised or $175,000 that we've raised for the Alzheimer's Society uh, with that event. And I guess what's really interesting about that is it is in Amherstburg, which is a, a very picturesque town. It's on this amazing course. Um, it, it originally, it started off as this cross-county jaunt. Uh, first, it was a 69-kilometer uh, Windsor, or I'm sorry, Amherstburg to Bell River into Lakeshore, and then it became an 88-kilometer jaunt. <laughs> Uh, where we actually went from Essex, and then we went through a number of municipalities uh, along the road with the OPP, uh, which was Lakeshore, Tecumseh, St. Clair Beach, uh, Windsor, and then into LaSalle, and then into Amherstburg. And then we said, you know what, what's another 22 kilometers amongst friends? We'll make it a Pier 100. And then for the last two years of that that ultra event, we did 100-kilometer uh, runs. Um, I got ill. I, we decided that we would take the uh, the the race. We would we would downscale it to the region's only full Boston qualifying marathon. So that race became a, a 42k, uh, a half marathon, the 21k, a 10k, and a 5k. And we've been doing that for the last five years. This year we dropped the full marathon for a lot of reasons, but mostly because of cost. Uh, it's a very, very expensive race to put on uh, for the amount of registrants that we have. 
So mostly because of the pylon costs and the police closures and, and road closures. Running on roads is very, very expensive, and that's something that runners don't realize. But the cost to permit and to, to do closings is is almost prohibitive, and it is in the marathon section of this this course. So we've we've maintained the half marathon course, the 10K course, the 5K, and the kids marathon, which has been a huge success uh, last year and is also gaining popularity this year. Really briefly, that's all on one day. It's on the Sunday, September 20th in Amherstburg, the half, the 10, the 5, and the kids marathon all in the one morning. And on the Saturday, we have our health expo uh, in Amherstburg as well for your race kit pickup. The Kids Marathon, if you're not familiar with the Kids Marathon, it's so incredible what happens here. The kids usually uh, register for free. Mom and dad or the guardian registers them for free on the site. Uh, from the registration, they, they download a pledge form on one side for them to raise a minimum of $50. And on the back side is actually a training uh, regiment for them where they actually fill in how many kilometers they've run over the next whatever it is, couple months, three months, between now, when they, whenever they do the download, and September 20th. They have to complete 41 kilometers. We don't care how you do it. If you walk, you know, five meters at a time, 500 meters a day, you know, a kilometer a day, run it, walk it, it doesn't matter. As long as you log it in and the guardians uh, initial it and date it, and it's on a worksheet that's provided to you. What's amazing is they come to us on the Sunday, September 20th, for the kids marathon they run the last 1k they come back in and they get a real marathon medal not a kids medal a real marathon medal and the the joy that that happens at that finish line with those kids is unbelievable and what's really cool is all summer long it's something that mom and dad can do when the kids are off school and there's nothing to do you know let's go run a k so anyway, you know what? I, you know, we can talk more about this uh, in, in, in weeks coming up. Uh, what's really important is next week I want to do a call-in show about uh, running a, a half marathon in probably the worst conditions imaginable and what it's like to survive that. Special thanks to all the people who, who've been writing the emails of, of well wishes and the folks who've been also reaching out regarding training regimes. Um, I'll continue to work with you guys on that. You have been listening to Running Flat Radio. It's great to be back. And keep running. And that's the end of it. End of episode. Running Flat Radio with Chris Yazinski. Tuesday night, 7 till 8 on AM 800. Running Flat Radio is a paid program. Local news is next on AM 800 CKLW, the information station.